Did you know that the Philippines was a home and sanctuary to 1,300 Jews fleeing Nazi Europe? We know very, very little about the role that the Philippines has played in the Holocaust. And I am delighted to have as my guests today um, Noel Izon, who is an independent filmmaker, Bonnie, Dr. Bonnie Harris, who is an historian, and Stephen Chimovitz, who is a consul general from the Philippines, to explain about a new documentary that highlights this incredible story. Welcome to all three of you, and thank you for joining me. Good thank morning. You. Thank you. Thank you, you are the guests of the Holocaust and Genocide Center, and you have been in the country showing your documentary and getting a response. Am I the only person who had no idea about the Philippines' role in the Holocaust, or is this a general reaction that people are having to you? Noel? We have gotten this reaction all over the world. In fact, it's such an unknown story that when we started uh, interviewing uh, basically the, the sons, the daughters, and grandchildren, the grandchildren didn't even know about the story of what their grandparents went through. Why is that? Bonnie, what do you think? <laughs> well, Bonnie, you're the historian yes. that discovered this. There, there has been within the community of Holocaust survivors um, the predominant behavior that they wanted to leave that part of their life behind. They um, survived the worst of, of experiences, didn't want to burden their children or their grandchildren with the images of those memories and so a lot of times Holocaust survivors just did not share their stories with their families in order to protect them and to save them from that pain uh, and then later in their years um, there became um, a desire to share the stories in such a way that um, it could give them a release from what they've been holding back and a someone with a voice to project their story out there. Um, and this was a way in which our film did that. Uh, Dr. Harris, when you talk about the, the Philippine story, it's not an individual, as it would be the case of Sugihara in Japan. It's that is a correct. country that decided to, that helped save. The yes, youth. you had... Um, Two very important political leaders of the Philippines, President Manuel Quezon, who was the elected president of the Commonwealth of the Philippines. And you had um, the High Commissioner, the United States High Commissioner, Paul McNutt, who represented the United States still as the um, supreme power over international affairs in the Philippines. And these two men... Um, were those who empowered this rescue plan. And then you had a Jewish community already in Manila who became the um, operators uh, who were commissioned by Quezon and McNutt to perform uh, and do the mechanics of the, of the selection and the rescue. What, again, strikes me is I was very privileged to sit in to an evening that looked at the descendants of um, Mr. Sugihara, and each descendant wanted to pay tribute to that man who saved his life. And the, a, a movie has come out that also looks at the survivors, the third generation, who, who 
you know, who wanted to find him and pay tribute because initially after the war, obviously, he was a persona non grata. Do you find that at all with the Jews that were saved by the Philippines? Oh, absolutely. Um, they all want to give back to the Filipino people, and they want to have President Quezon recognized for his role in this. I think um, Sonny could probably speak to that quite well. So Sunny is your nickname, of course. Um, so, yes. uh, Sunny, you were born in Manila, in Indonesia. What is your connection? How did you become involved? Well, I actually didn't know at the time that I, uh, when I first encountered this story, that I was to have such a, a personal connection. And when I tell people what happened, uh, they're just absolutely amazed that I tell him, you know, I'm alive today because uh, a, a Jewish doctor who fled the Holocaust made my life possible. And what, what had happened was there was always a family story of a European friend of my father's, uh, a Dr. Otto Zelesny, was responsible for saving his life in 1945 when my father was deathly ill. I was born the next year. So I never met this man. I just knew that there was that family lore. And then you fast forward to 2008 when I encountered the grandson of President Quezon, uh, who was the president in 1935. And we started talking about the story of the, the saving of uh, the Holocaust Jews. And that was the first time it piqued my interest. And then I started into the research heavy into in 2010 and that's when uh, Bonnie and, and my paths crossed and uh, we had been doing the research and we came across uh, her research and, and connected with her by telephone and found out she had like a, a six foot stack <laughs> of file folders and so we said we're going to San Diego to see you. Um, but anyway, in the process of the research, uh, there were these lists of approved visas. Um, and I was looking through one list, and lo and behold, I saw the name Otto Zelesny in the list. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and I said, Oh, my God, that's the fellow that saved my dad's life, made my life possible. And all of a sudden, I realized that there was this story that was waiting for me all my life, you know. And as a filmmaker, sometimes you, you know you, you you're given stories to do. Sometimes you find stories, but this one in particular, it felt really, really special. That uh, it, it was there on the road all this time. I just had to travel to it. <laughs> and once I knew, then then I was I was all in. I was 110 percent, and I knew that I had to do it for so many reasons. But you know first and foremost, to, to give thanks for my life. Wow. So, I mean, it's almost serendipity that the two of you were doing research from different angles at the same different time. Different sides of the country. They're completely different. <laughs> yes. It's unbelievable. Um, and then how did you actually connect? Well, I had um, started, I actually first came to this story uh, over 15 years ago when I was working as the archivist for the Jewish Historical Society of San Diego, uh, there at San Diego State University. And while I worked in the archives, I met Sylvia Sisner, 
um, who was a volunteer and came to know her and a little bit about her story. And I knew that her husband had been deceased for many years. Uh, In 2003, she needed to move to Los Angeles to be closer to her daughter. And she had left the office of her deceased husband untouched for 40 years. His name was Joseph Sisner. He'd been a cantor at Teferth, Israel, in San Diego from 1951 to his death in 1961. And so as she was moving, his papers were donated to the Jewish Historical Society of San Diego, and I started accessioning his papers in the summer of 2003 and discovered that this was a Holocaust survivor who had been arrested by the Gestapo, deported in the Polonaxion, in October of 1938 to Poland, had uh, languished with thousands of other uh, Polish Jews who had been expelled in a border town of Sabonchen. And I'm processing his papers, I'm putting order to his collection, and then the next set of documents are coming out of Manila. And I'm asking myself, how did he get to the Philippines? What brought him there? And there he was in May of 1939 in the Philippines. And so that started my investigation. Um, he had some amazing items in his in his collection, and I was just embarking on my Ph.D. program at UC Santa Barbara, and I went to my committee with this story in hand, and I said, this is what I want my dissertation to be. And they said, well, absolutely. And um, six years later, after traveling the world, doing research in Philippines twice, in Israel, throughout Europe, following Cantor Sisner's trail. Um, I completed and published my dissertation in the summer of 2009. And then Sonny found me in 2010. Just in time to make a documentary. Yeah. And it's funny because when I shared Cantor Sisner's amazing story, uh, everywhere I went, people were always saying to me, well, when are you making the movie? <laughs> this is such a fascinating story. And I had actually tried to, in my own novice way, try to start putting together stuff to do a documentary um, and had already been interviewing survivors that I was finding and contacting. And then when when he finds me, it's like serendipity and a match made in heaven, as you say. And I started sharing with him all of my research, the names of the survivors that I knew, uh, and interviews were then being conducted again. So that's kind of how we came together. So before we turn to the actual documentary, perhaps we can bring Stephen into the, the conversation here. You are the Consul General of the Philippine Embassy based in Cape Town. Yes, I am. What is your role in bringing this to South Africa? Well, it's a. Uh, I, I do represent the Philippines as the Honorary Consul General in Cape Town, and that's a great honor to represent that island nation. And I came across this uh, story simply by an Israeli friend of mine sending a clip to me uh, on YouTube, uh, and it, it was posted by a Filipino based in Spain, with the story of uh, German Jews being rescued uh, and being saved with an open-door policy to the Philippines and representing the Philippines, I realized I need to share the story. And I'm a descendant of uh, German Jews. Uh, my mother came here in 1938 on the SS Dulio. So I got give, given the gift of life by 
an act like this. And I reached out and Google and YouTube and whatever, and I found Sonny. And uh, we're here today to share this wonderful story. And it's a story that's coupled with, you know, memories that are painful and wonderful. And at the end of the day, here we are. It's, it's, got, it's got a meaning. It needs to be shared to everybody. Sonny, what was it like putting the stories together in a documentary? It's been one of the most rewarding experiences for me, and, and, and this is generally true of, of uh, when you make a documentary, um, you have to establish rapport with your interviewees very quickly, because you, you have a few minutes to win their trust, because they are entrusting you, in some cases with, with stories and pieces of their heart that they've never shared with anyone before, and, and I found out that uh, one of the reasons, of course, is that you can't cherry-pick your memories. Once you step back into 1938, everything that happened is conflated. So that's part of the reluctance sometimes with people of trying to look back because it is not one isolated instance. It's all. It's, it's stuff that you cannot unsee, stuff that you cannot... You know, and here can take it away, and so it's it's always been. Uh, that's the challenge. That as you get in there for the first time to meet your interviewees, that you have to give them a sense that you will handle their stories carefully, and you will handle it truthfully. And uh, and what happens is you you become lifelong friends with these people, and in some cases. Uh, it'll be the only time you'll see them. And uh, I remember one interviewee we had in, in France in uh, uh, outside Monaco, and uh, he had been sick. Uh, his wife had called me. We were already in Paris. He says, I don't know if this is going to happen. He had a bad fall. All he does is sleep, wakes up to eat, sleeps. And I said, well, Irene, we're just going to have to play it by ear and see what happens. And, of course, when we get there, he just has this full-time rally and gives us a flawless two-and-a-half-hour interview. And uh, and then he dies two months later. Wow, it's unbelievable. He saved it up. He saved mm. it up. And, and you were there mm-hmm. to capture it because yes. if you hadn't been, that story might have been lost forever. But that's the beauty of it, too, of course, as Stephen and I were talking about this, that, you know, once you have it, and it's, it's out there as part of the film, it's part of history. No one can ever no take it away. And, and Stephen, you were um, there when the documentary was shown. Was it at the Holocaust Center? In yes. Um, last week we showed it at the Holocaust Center. Um, it was a great success. Uh, if I look back and everybody, it was, it was so rewarding for everybody to see the interaction with the audience. Um, uh, they were actually mesmerized and spellbound. And, and when it came to the Q&A, the the interaction was just uh, wonderful, and if I can compliment Bonnie and Sunny, this was something that connected with the heart. Yeah. So obviously, you here as a guest of the Holocaust Center, um, you have already given a talk and spoken here. But for anybody who would either like to be in touch with you or to see the documentary, what should they do? I'm sorry. I, they want to if they want to see the documentary. Or clips well, we, of it. We are in the process of, of finishing up what, what we hope to be the final broadcast version. We're still uh, doing some additional material reporting, and we're also um, 
trying to get a Hollywood uh, celebrity narrator on our radar is uh, Sir Ben Kingsley, wow. as well as uh, Gal Gadot. So oh, two wow, very wow. different <laughs> choices. But uh, hopefully, we, we've been very lucky in our other films to have gotten uh, the celebrities we needed, and uh, they've been very generous uh, to a person. They have said, "I want to do this." And I want to do this uh, for free because I believe in what you're doing. Just that randomly, Stephen, are there any survivors here in South Africa from the uh, Filipino rescue? Not as far as I know. Only, only a connection with relatives that have come forward. In fact, uh, with the screening uh, in Cape Town, uh, a, a family member of one actually came forward and said, you know, my father-in-law, and I didn't know this, and I got to share that. And they came with typewritten notes about their story that they wanted to share with all of us. It was there were amazing. Two, there were two uh, survivors or kin of survivors that surfaced the, that screening. That and this you is hadn't what known about. <laughs> yeah. And then I think possibly then my last question should go to you, Dr. Harris. Um, what is the next step? Because... Obviously, more and more people will now come out and say, that's my story. Well, we have uh, plans to, when the time comes for the release of the DVD, that we have some other um, special side stories that we're going to film. We ha- he has so much footage of, of those, all those tremendous interviews that he has made that don't go into the final cut version. And um, so he's still, Sonny's still thinking about, you know, how those are going to be um, preserved, handled, um, made available for researchers. Uh, we haven't, that's a kind of a step that we'll also take with this, with this research. I have a book that has been Yay. completed. <laughs> we are, um, it, it's in review for for by publishers now, so I hope that that will come out in the next little while. Um, when I embarked on this uh, in 2003, um, my historical field had been uh, ancient and medieval histories, and I knew that this was going to then launch me into a whole new historical venue, um, and I needed to find out how to qualify myself as a Holocaust historian. Um, Not being Jewish, not having family members who had suffered through this. I'm a Mormon. Uh, I had a better than average knowledge of of, uh, the Holocaust. But when I then had to immerse myself in Holocaust studies, um, make the tours of the places of commission in Europe... Because I needed to understand as much as it's possible for someone to get into this historical event from the inside out instead of from the outside Mm -hmm. in, from the inside out. And um, I knew that that Sonny, as this incredible filmmaker and the associations that we'd had, we were in Poland a couple of years ago. And... um, I knew I needed, I knew that there was, Sonny needed to experience a place of commission. And um, I had a very good friend in Poland who had already taken me to Treblinka, which I had not been to yet. And um, 
And then when we were going, I was going the next day to look to the Loch Ghetto. I said, Sonny, you need to come. It will bring something to you in this filmmaking process that you need to understand. Um, and we had he we had a marvelous experience there uh, at the Loch Ghetto, and it brought an urgency to us to finish this with an integrity um, and just kind of sealed for us what we were doing and why we were doing it. It was, for me, it was uh, both a spiritual, emotional experience because I had been immersed uh, intellectually but never really emotionally. It wasn't until I experienced uh, the Lord's Ghetto that uh, that I, I, I broke down emotionally, and Bonnie was there to to help me through it. It is. I think it is a life-changing experience in every possible way. And your next step is to get this recognized by Yad Vashem. Well, we hope <laughs> we hope it's a, it's it's a big monolith and it moves slowly. <laughs> So maybe you need an exhibition in addition to the book and the documentary that can be taken around the world to... Yes, yes. And also, uh, you know, we, we, we shot, you know, a 100 to 1 ratio, so we have plenty of material which we hope to donate to, to uh, Yad Vashem or the U.S. Holocaust, Holocaust Museum, Museum, so it will be accessible uh, for mm-hmm. people. But before we ended, though, I wanted, Stephen, this, this whole... Experience for us has been, uh, I was telling you earlier, one of serendipity, one of bashert, yeah. if you will. And I think that, and the whole image and and, and uh, symbolism of doors closing and doors opening, and you know, even when we do the screenings where it opens doors New for doors, people yeah. into to a facet of Holocaust history that they've never encountered before. But I think Stephen's story of when he first heard about this at a particular time in his life, just underlines the, the, that there's something moving this project along that's beyond, bigger than all of us. Stephen, if you would share that story, please. Sonny wants to take me back to early 2016 when I visited a doctor, and I was in the doctor's rooms with my mother who was into her 84th year, and... Uh, we sat with this doctor, and she'd had a biopsy, and he had to give her news that she was got terminal cancer and she was going to die. And uh, I've never been in, into a situation like that. And I looked at my, you know, uh, my mother was a very beautiful woman, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she said to the doctor, you know, I've lived a long life, I've lived a good life, I have happy memories and joyful memories, and it's time and uh, anyway we left the doctor's rooms and drove home and there was you know this eerie silence in the car got home and um, saw her to her room and like what we all do these days we turn on the wi-fi and uh, and there click came a uh, a clip from an Israeli friend of mine Eli Elianu um, and it was a clip uh, posted by a Filipino based in Spain and uh, I played it, and it was a monochrome little clip about the story of German Jews being given 
this opportunity to be saved uh, by going to the Philippines. And, you know, I reflected on my mother's door of her life that was closing. And here was a door that was actually opened when all other doors mm. in the world were slammed firmly shut in the face of German Jews. So it was the whole connection of open door, closed door. Mm. My, my mother and her parents had to push a door open to come to South Africa. Mm. And that is really the symbolism and the connection why we're here today. And it's, it's a story that needs to be told and shared for future generations. And it is an incredible story. It's almost unbelievable that we didn't know enough or that much about it. So I would like to thank the three of you, Stephen Chamovitz, the Consul General uh, for the Philippines, uh, Dr. Bonnie Harris, a historian and researcher of the role that the Philippines played, and Sunny Noel Izon, who is the documentary maker who put the whole thing together in an amazing format that is watchable and transferable. Along with a thousand other people. <laughs> <laughs> so to thank you three for coming in and sharing. Thank you for having us. Thank you. thank you very much.